0: care.com slash weight loss.
2: Ah, Hiya, and welcome to another episode of FFS, another Brexit podcast. I'm Rosie, standing in for Jason today.
0: And I'm Amanda, and we have a sensational podcast for you this week, not just because I've got an upgrade from my usual co-host Jason to the ever fabulous Rosie McKenna, but we've also got you updates from all over the country.
2: Unsurprisingly, since the ascendancy of Boris Johnson and Dominic Cummings, there has not been a lot of good news over the last seven days. That feels like an absolute understatement, doesn't it? But anyway, we hope that we can kind of be able to
0: cheer people up with some light-hearted Brexit updates and a very, very special guest this week.
2: Yes, this week we are joined by Rania Ramley. Rania is the Chair of Labour Students and a long-term supporter of FFS, so it will be great to have a familiar face with us on the podcast.
0: Definitely, and it's, it's always nice to have a bit of like a leading figure, leading young figure from uh, Mm. the Labour Party um, and the People's Vote campaign. So Rania has kind of spent most of her life campaigning for better representation in politics, kind of like us. She shares a passion for getting the marginalised
2: communities out there and into the front and centre of the platform, really. Yes, we are very, very much looking forward to having Rania on the podcast a little little later on. And I personally am very excited that we've got three quite fabulous, strong women on the podcast this week.
0: Oh my God, I so back that. I'm so back. Yeah, I'm keen on that. (laughs) So before we speak to Rania, it's time for one of my favourite sections, which is FFS What a Week. And I'm afraid for the most part, it's actually been, as I'm sure Rosie's about to agree with me, a pretty depressing week.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, (laughs) If Boris Johnson is bluffing when talking up the risks of a disastrous no deal, then he is certainly keeping his cards too close to his chest. 2.1 billion has been given over to no deal preparations, while another 100 million is being spent on a public information campaign advertising no deal.
0: And it's just been a bit ridiculous. There's been war metaphors kind of all over the place and it was briefed that the campaign is the largest since the second war with the brexit elite as ever hoping they're going to tap into the good old blitz spirit of our country
2: and maybe that blitz spirit does exist but if i was hiding in an air shelter and then found out that half the people next to me had voted for the bombs i don't think i'd be so stoic
0: (laughs) that's a great line (laughs) <laughs> That's actually one of the best lines we've had on the podcast, Rosie. You can stay, I like it. <laughs> anyway, imagine our surprise when the 1.8 billion of allegedly new money for the NHS turned out to be
2: not new, but just old, recycled funds. Were you, were you surprised, Rosie? <laughs> no, to be honest. It was <laughs> straight out of the Brexiter playbook, that. Pretending to invest in the incredibly stretched NHS, but instead, they mug us off again. It was such a plot twist. Like, did not see that coming. Shook. <laughs>
0: So it wasn't actually all doom and gloom in this week, Rosie. I was joking slightly. There was a genuine sparkle of light that happened midway through the week and that was Boris Johnson's working majority was cut to just one.
2: I for some reason Chris Davies the ex Tory MP decided to stand again after being found guilty of forging expenses claims. Naturally his constituents weren't as forgiving as he hoped they would be.
0: And perhaps it wasn't the most difficult of opponents but the important thing is that a pro PV voice is now in parliament and considering all of these votes are coming down to one or two I'm going to take every one or two that we can get to be quite honest with you so Jane Dodds the leader of the Welsh Liberal Democrats is the new MP uh, who said that her first action on becoming an MP would be to find Boris Johnson wherever he's hiding
2: and tell him to stop playing with the future of our community and rule out a no-deal Brexit. She is certainly on the right side of this debate and the momentum for the People's Vote campaign continues.
0: So the next section, I think it's worth just reflecting slightly on quite how badly Boris Johnson has gone down as our our new Prime Minister, our new leader. Between the Bank of England kind of predicting a one in three chance of recession, potential mass massacres of livestock and losing a by-election, it is fair to say that Mr Johnson did not have a good first week.
2: Aye, and as our video on social media showed, Boris Johnson was roundly booed in Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland and England over the last seven days. I think it'd be fair
0: to say our Prime Minister appears about as popular as the Bounty, Quality Street, a hangover on a hot day, or even turning on your TV and finding Piers Morgan on it. You
2: decide. Aye, that Boris Bounce is well and truly dead. And I'm personally interested in how that plays into the thinking of Boris Johnson and his team when they're deciding on a snap election. Yes, I
0: know what it would make me do if you lose a by-election and a load of popularity. I don't think I'd be like, cool. It's time for an election, folks, isn't it? <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, he's peak popularity now, innit? <laughs> And here we are at one of my favourite bits of the podcast, which is where we talk about what FFS have planned in the upcoming weeks and months.
0: Indeed. Onwards, for fuck's sake, as some people would uh, like to say. Me, all the time. So, as well as joining the rest of the People's Vote campaign in Edinburgh, Luton, Newport, Gateshead, Belfast, and Norwich,
2: we're going to be starting our Freshers activity, which is incredibly exciting. I am buzzed. And thanks again to everyone who donated to our crowdfunder. Because of you, we will be able to be on dozens of campuses across the country, mobilising young people and students in support of a people's vote.
0: Absolutely. And I don't think we can kind of stress enough how much the small donations genuinely mm. mean and how much difference they can make to. Small but mighty campaign like ours, but also quite excitingly, we'll be at both uh, Labour and Conservative Party conferences before descending on London in October for the biggest political march of both of our quite short
2: lifetimes. (laughs) Yeah, this is over, kids, and FFS (laughs) will be with you every step of the way.
0: Planning for your next trip?
2: So
0: now we welcome Rania Ramli. Rania was elected in March this year of Chair of Labour Students and took up the role in July. She's paused an undergrad at LSE to take on what I think is quite a big role and is also, lovingly, a long-term supporter of FFS. So hello, Rania. It's nice to welcome you here. Hello.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: So, Rania, our first question is the same as it is every week. If you could give an FFS award to someone for something they have said or done ridiculously in the context of Brexit, who would it be and
1: why? What a question! Um, <laughs> where do you start? <laughs> um, I think, particularly this week, it probably would be Michael Gove' s- his statement that the EU are unwilling to negotiate the backstop. Like this is some sort of new information that we didn't know months ago. <laughs> what, a, what a plot um, twist! We yeah, weren't here exactly this week. <laughs> exactly. Um, we just seem to be stuck in this cycle where people live in their own fantasy lands, and um, this clearly hadn't caught up in Michael Gove's until this week. So. That was ridiculous and interesting and a fun, a fun bit of Brexit for this week. I think that's I think it's a pretty
0: good award. And it does feel a little bit like there's gonna be a theme to our awards mm. soon where it'll be new ministers who have suddenly learned yeah, something exactly. shocking about the EU. And it's almost like they want us to start blaming the EU for all of these bizarre plot twists that are happening. But <laughs> well indeed. I'm sure we'll come back to that soon. But that was a good answer. Good answer. So we want to chat a little bit more about your role in the Labour Party, yourself and Labour students were arguably kind of way out in front of the rest of the party leadership in terms of supporting a people's vote. And I'm quite interested as to why you think that is.
1: Well, I think firstly, it's just the fact that young people and students are overwhelmingly in favour of people's vote and in Mm favour of the EU. And I think having that sort of group like labor students where students essentially make our policy um that that was really reflected very really early on Uh, so i think that was the first reason i think the other one though is just the fact that this issue has galvanized people who wouldn't necessarily be involved in politics or wouldn't necessarily be active and a lot of those people then have got involved in things like ffs but also Mm -hmm. labor students and other groups so i think it's that sort of Brexit has bridged that gap where people now realise that politics does have an impact on their lives and it's an issue that they see having a very direct influence on them and their future. Um, and I think that's the main main reason why we've had this big sort of surge in, in interest in the EU and why sort of young people's groups have been at the forefront of that.
0: Yeah. And have you seen, you know, obviously there's loads of different Labour clubs on all different campuses. Have you seen... Clubs getting more engaged with Labour students on a national level because of Brexit definitely. and because they wanted to be involved?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. The, our People's Vote campaigning and sort of campaigning against Brexit has had sort of been very, very well received throughout, like, throughout the country. And it's been sort of clubs wanting to get involved with us in order to be able to go to things like the People's Vote marches and be part yeah. of, sort of something bigger. Mm. So that's been really, really exciting. And people have really used that as a platform to, to get more involved.
2: Amazing. Nice. So, do you have hope that Labour's new Brexit position is going to
1: stave off the current electoral crisis? Uh, well, in the party. it is very much an electoral crisis at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think. I'd hope so. I think at the moment we are in a situation where the lib Dems are massively taking Labour's vote share mm. um and the Green Party are as well because they are very clearly pro EU pro people's vote mm. and we as a party as the Labour Party have been on a journey where we started off very far from where we are now and we have improved massively but there is still a way to go and we still need to st- totally get off the fence and stop being ambiguous about it. Mm. But having said that I do still have hope that we can sort of get rid of this electoral crisis just because for me the Labor, like, reason why I joined the Labour Party is because it's the only alternative to a Tory government mm. and I think once the Labour Party comes out in favour of Remain of like eventually and comes out very strongly and off the, comes off the fence I think we will be in a point where we can win back that Lib Dem and Green vote because at the end of the day we are the only alternative and that's one of the big unique selling points of the Labour Party for me.
0: Yeah and it is, it's almost easy to actually play down how bad it has been for the Labour Party, but all the way from the local elections where it was just hundreds of seats going to the Lib Dems to, you know, Brecon and Radnorshire, Yeah, exactly. Last week, it's just almost been like one thing after another. But Mm. I thought it was super interesting because a Lib Dem MP said to me a couple of weeks ago that even if all of the shadow cabinet came out draped in EU flags you know screaming hashtag FBP at the top of their <laughs> voice they said they didn't think it would be enough and really, I, I'm yeah. t- quite interested about what people think the Labour leadership should actually actually should do dramatically out, yeah. do because it's just been dragging their heels for so long yeah now exactly this, isn't it?
1: I think it'll be interesting to see what happens if we end up having a general election because at that point the Labour leadership has to come to a decision and have something in their manifesto and if we're still at a point now where we don't know whether they'd campaign for their own deal or they'd campaign to remain or they'd campaign for a people's vote I think that will give that will be a big turning point um, yeah. if we do have a general election where we'll see what people actually want from from the Labour leadership and from the Labour Party in general.
0: Yeah I mean the idea of having a Labour manifesto with anything other than remain in it is like goodbye <laughs> <at> Labour Party <laughs> well, exactly. Scotland isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? but, Absolutely yeah but I mean like, so looking I guess looking a bit wider than just the Labour Party what's your kind of current analysis of our chances of getting a people's vote but also you know as somebody yourself you've been very kind of pro staying in the eu what do you think the chances of actually getting that is at the moment
1: so i think it's i I say this quite a lot now but i think we're at a point in politics where all the there are no rules anymore all the rules that existed have gone out of the window so it's (laughs) really hard to make predictions (laughs) understatement yeah exactly but i think i think to an extent, I think Boris Johnson and the Tory government will probably call a general election. I say that because they are risk takers. They think they were born to rule. They, they they're yeah. not afraid of this, so I think they will. But I don't think that's the end of the campaign for a people's vote because mm-hmm. at the a the, the, the general election will only change anything if it changes the makeup of parliament dramatically which i don't think it will do so at the end of that general election what happens next and i think at that point we'll still we'll still be in a situation where a people's vote is the only option only way out of it so i think regardless of what happens in the next month or so that option of a people's vote will stay on the table just because there is literally no other way out of this we are, we are we're in a contradictory situation where we just can't please everyone it's impossible so i think this is at the end of the day going to be the last resort for any government
0: yeah and if say you got you know say kind of goals you get a people's <laughs> vote and there's the option of staying in the EU versus some kind of definable brexit yeah deal the chances of being able to stay and the stay campaign
1: winning where do you think we're at with that i think on? i think to remain would be very easily in a people's vote i think genuinely i think i think that we are in a situation now where people have seen what Brexit actually means. It's no longer this fantasy, sort of whatever you want it to mean. It now is very tangible and you do have to ask yourself why we're doing this. Like, is this, whatever this alternative Brexit deal is going to be, is it going to be better than the deal we currently have? Mm. And in the second referendum, because it's a different question and it's a different thing being put to people, people will have to make that choice at the ballot box. And I think even when you look at, for example, the Labour vote, even in sort of very northern seats, every single Labour seat now has a majority for people's vote. And these are people who aren't traditionally sort of the metropolitan London bubble. So I think the mood is changing and that's only going to get better with sort of the question that will be posed in a, in a referendum. Mm. So that's my very optimistic take. I (laughs) I love
0: optimism. Uh, (laughs) Jason always normally says that we're too
2: pessimistic on this podcast so it's actually quite nice Um, to have somebody optimistic on here like fair play on that one absolutely so as one working class woman to another i'm really interested in your views about the people's vote campaign's efforts to reach out to and platform the voices
1: of other working class people i think this is a really interesting question because a lot of the time in the brexit debate and in the debate about the eu there is this idea of one idea of of the homogenous white working class Mm. and i think one thing that the people's vote campaign has massively shown is that the working class is very varied. It, it looks like people like me. It also looks mm. like people in sort of Yorkshire and the north of England. Mm. It looks like people in the south of it's very It's not one homogenous group. And I think that narrative around the white working class has been really damaging to actually addressing the issues that people are facing. It's used as sort of a, a barrier and a thing to hide behind. So I think it's been great to see the People's Vote actually show the diversity of the working class and show that it isn't an, a, a massive amount of working class people in favour of People's Vote and in favour of of the eu and very pro-european so i think that changing that narrative and changing that idea has been sort of a really positive thing um regardless of what happens with this campaign just that redefining of of the working class and what that means
0: that's i don't know that's super interesting particularly because yeah. the people who shout loudest on twitter about how dare you ignore yeah exactly the, the homogenous white working class of north of leeds yeah it, <laughs> tends to be, it tends to be people who believe in this whole left-wing idea of Brexit. And it's almost like they don't want to let go of it in a way because that's one of their key arguments for yeah. keeping the Labour Party ambiguous. But I mean, you know, to me, it feels like the lexit dream is dead.
2: But yeah. dead. <laughs> dead, dead. Well, indeed, <laughs>
0: kill it. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Do you think it is though? Do you think the left wing idea of Brexit still exists? Has traction?
1: Has any supporters
0: anywhere at all?
1: I think there are two sort of different lexit ideas. I think one of them is just this idea that we have to, we have to be lexit, We have to want to Brexit because otherwise we're betraying the working class who vote for us. And I think that doesn't have any standing. I think mm-hmm. When you look at the polling, when you look at what people are saying on the doorstep, when you look at just sort of Labour members in, in these seats, from from a Labour Party perspective, that argument just doesn't stand. And then there is another argument, which is more sort of nationalist, which is more prevalent on the right, to be fair, uh, but does also have strands within bits of the left, which is about the actual issues that people face in these areas. But again, that's just... It's using the EU, and we've heard this before, it's using the EU and a bre- and Brexit as of an excuse for actually dealing with mm. the issues, the very real issues that there are in these areas. Like, we do have massive inequality in this country. There are yeah. massive things that we need to deal with. And I think that has been used as a justification for Lexit and a justification for um, leaving the EU. when actually, economically um, and politically, that just doesn't make any sense. So I think that argument also doesn't stand, but is, needs to a bit more work in order for that to actually lose its its credibility within the political debate um, and i think that's one thing that inner people's vote will have to make very strongly is the case the fact that the eu is not to blame for the fact that we don't have enough housing it's the tory government that's not yeah. building enough houses it just doesn't <laughs> yeah. it doesn't work like that um so i think we need to make that argument a bit more but i i don't think it has any standing in the long run um that would be my yeah my take um no
0: i think i think it'd be i just think it'd be really fascinating if you get to having a referendum on a Brexit deal Mm. and you've kind of got a lot of these people and you know a fair number of them are really kind of pro-Corbynista really far left momentum types and they've almost convinced themselves I think that they want Lexit over the last three years but if you suddenly get to a referendum and the Labour Party ideally is pro-staying they're gonna have to do quite a big either 180 or really stick to it and Mm. prove that there's a left-wing case for leaving the EU.
1: But also I think it's really interesting because a lot of the grassroots people who came in in 2015 to vote for Jeremy Corbyn the very young people who sort of were very interested in his idea of new new politics and something different are very very pro-EU mm-hmm. um, and very pro-remaining in the EU and very anti-Brexit and that has created a split within that group um, so I think that it will only get worse that divide between people who all support Jeremy Corbyn but um, some are very pro-EU and very pro sort of the progressive vision and some who still are obsessed with the lexit um so i think that in itself is a, is a massive barrier to, yeah. to the lexit argument winning just because mm. they themselves aren't united i mean
0: even you know we had laura parker on one of our very first podcasts the national coordinator <laughs> yeah exactly of Momentum, and as pro EU as they possibly yeah. can and i always find that quite fascinating personally but well, indeed. as usual i've gone off on like a massive tangent yeah <laughs> <laughs> But um, she's spoken a bit about like class and the perception of class around the People's Vote campaign and the Brexit argument as a whole. But obviously the BME community is also hugely underrepresented, one in politics as a whole, but also particularly within the Brexit debate. That debate is just so male, pale and stale. Yeah, exactly. Painful (laughs) sometimes. But um, just from your personal experience, have you ever felt like you've actually really struggled to have your voice heard in this debate at all?
1: I think to an extent, um, I think... Like I said earlier, it's when you're constantly targeted with this thing of sort of betraying the white working class. It can be very difficult as a working class BAME person to make the argument that actually staying in the EU is good for the is good for my community and I'm also working class. Like that, you don't. There is it's not a homogenous group, like I said. Um, So I think that's been one of the main barriers. Um, Then another one has been just sort of a barrier that is there generally with sort of being BAME and being in politics is that you're often put into a box and only asked to talk about things like only asked to talk about BAME issues yeah um, and things that only like relate to the BAME community and with something like Brexit that is so universal and so massive and it's sort of taking up all the political time um it means that a lot of those voices are excluded from that debate because they don't fit into that box it's not a BAME issue necessarily um even though of BAME communities are massively and will be massively impacted by Brexit um so I think those are sort of the two main barriers um that we've that I've sort of Seen and faced as a person, a Bane person trying to talk about Brexit. Yeah. Um,
0: And there's there's a super interesting point you made there is, you know, if you're, if you're. BAME and asked about Brexit, you're asked about how Brexit is going yeah, to exactly. impact someone who's BAME. And I know that you've said to me that you get that before as, you know, I'm somebody with an Irish accent, so I'm asked about this <laughs> yeah. and that's my only. <laughs> but I mean, do you find the same? Is that mostly what you're asked about in terms of.
2: Yeah, like as soon as people find out from Northern Ireland, it's like, oh, what about the border? It's like, well, funnily enough, there are other issues in Northern Ireland yeah. other than the border, <laughs> yeah. although, of course, that is an issue. Yeah. Um, like people don't really talk about like the peace process funding that like all comes from the EU and they don't talk about like the journey that we've been on in terms of that. They mm. all just care about the border. Um, so I think that there is definitely like a pigeonholing of you have this experience, therefore you need to talk about only this yeah. one thing. Yeah. Um, which is incredibly irritating because I have views on many, many things. As you know, as <laughs> uh, somebody who's been <laughs> for my five years now. <laughs> yes, I'm quite aware. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's one of my favourite things. So, final question, you'll be very pleased to know. Do you have any predictions for the Labour Party, the People's Vote campaign or politics in general over the next couple of months? That's
1: Ooh. a huge <laughs> final <What>? question. <laughs> I know, what well,
2: It's not easy here <laughs> oh on the FBS podcast. F- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so with the Labour Party I think we will pass very pro remain policy at party conference in September mm. because at the end of the day that's what our members overwhelmingly want and I think that will be reflected in what comes out of that conference so I think that will be a positive step in September but in terms of more generally I think we will probably have a general election soon it's a question of when and how mm. close will Boris Johnson wait until so if he tries to pass a deal and then fails and then calls one. Will he try to do it preemptively before? But I think it is get, becoming more and more clear that we probably will have a general election. And then at that point, um, the it's is what comes next. So sort of if Boris Johnson and, Tory, and the Tory party win again, they still can't force a, a no deal through Parliament if that's not what Parliament wants. So I think at that point, a people's vote will again be the last resort. And I think it comes to a point where a people's vote is coming. We were in a point months ago where no one thought a people's vote would happen. Everyone thought it was ridiculous. Well, exactly. And we've gone through so many of these milestones where it's constantly seen as the last resort now and it is building more, it's got more and more momentum than it's ever had. Yeah. So I think that's only going to improve over the next few months. And even in the general election. It'll be really interesting to see, for example, whether the Labour Party will openly campaign for a people's vote and Mm. have that in their manifesto and openly campaign to remain. So I think it's very positive from sort of a, a people's vote perspective in terms of what comes next. But like I said before, there are no rules in politics anymore. So (laughs) who knows? (laughs) It's all open.
0: Yeah. Somebody, when we were talking about a general election with someone this morning and they were saying that they changed what they thought was going to happen because they thought a couple of weeks ago that the Brexit party would stand down candidates in like conservative areas Mm. so that they didn't split the vote and allow like the Lib Dems or potentially Labour to come through. And they've actually changed their view now because obviously the Brexit party's put out like a (laughs) hundred quite questionable candidates like all across the country. And I actually think people don't realise that that would probably return an even worse version of a hung parliament than what we've got now. And you'd have some kind of weird DUP, Brexit, Tory... Yeah. Deal on one side. Can't we? It. <laughs> yeah, probably still the Labour Party floating around yeah, in, the in the middle. middle yeah, exactly. <laughs> and probably three times as many Lib Dem MPs. But so we hear a lot of people chatting about, you know, will the Brexit Party stand down? Mm. Will Farage and Johnson do a deal, XYZ? But I'm mega interested in what kind of like young Labour activists think if, you know, the Labour leadership was to turn around and say the way to stop a damaging Brexit deal, particularly a Conservative Brexit deal, is for us to do some deals with the Lib Dems who we've just spent three years <laughs> slagging off or, <laughs> a word, yeah. and, and the Greens and to make sure we're not, you know, running people against Clive Lewis in Norwich, wherever mm. and Peter Carl and Caroline Lucas and all these people in these places where it would be Labour versus Green or Labour versus yeah. Lib Dem. Mm. But what would you, what would you think about that? Because it's a bit of a weird yeah. toss up, isn't it? That yeah, one?
1: exactly. I mean, I've never really been a favour of a Remain alliance simply mm. because I have been a Labour Party member for five years. I, want the Labour Party to win but I want the Labour Party to in itself be strong enough in Remain and strong enough in those areas to be able to win on its own yeah um, I want us to not have to form these alliances I want us to be able to have a strong enough policy that we win people over on our own so yeah so I think that it comes down to what this election is going to be about and what this general election. And I think it's quite what, this, what the issues in this general election will be. And I think it's a it's a massive consequence of this whole Brexit mess and the fact that this has gone on for so long and that no one's been able to deal with it. No one's come out sort of... And come up with a, a solution like a people's vote, or put anything forward that will actually deal with, like solve the problem. Mm. Um the, a massive consequence of that is the fact that we've just ignored all the massive issues in society. Other than this, like mm. knife crime is on the rise. Our NHS is falling apart. The, there's massive inequality. Like these yeah. are all really important things that I think the Labour Party is best placed to deal with. Um, and but the problem is in a general. In if we have a general election before Brexit, they probably won't get much say. It will mm. be about Brexit. Um, so I think in that. In that scenario, the the Labour Party just has to have a very, very clear message on what what our stance will be and the fact that we will be very pro-Remain and be very consistent on that because we do tend at the moment to give make us one step forward in terms of people's vote and being pro-Remain and then talk about all the other issues that we're we're great on um, and then see that as a a reason that we don't have to progress any further and be even more like, that's enough. Uh, But we can't use that as something to fall back on because I think in a general election, as much as those issues are massively, massively important, in the current political situation, they're not going to get much say. It's going to be about Brexit. Mm. Um, So I, I think it's going to be a massive... Sort of decision for the Labour Party and, to, and the Labour Party leadership in terms of how we approach this but I, I do think we can do it I don't think we need to have a remain alliance but it's it's at the end of the day it's a political choice so yeah. we'll see we'll see what happens um in the general election and what our manifesto says
0: it could be interesting couldn't it everyone's staring at Brecon as the example yeah, of how it exactly. worked, whereas you know that's actually just quite a bit of a weird constituency <laughs> <laughs> that has more by-elections than I think anywhere else really? I know that. just every time they were talking about it on the news they were like oh, and the last time this place had a by-election and I was kind of like, by-elections aren't normal. <laughs>
1: yeah, <right."> exactly. Every four years. Yeah,
0: like, you don't have one halfway through every time. But anyway, 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 that's enough of me rambling about Brecon, which I'm slightly obsessed with. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks Rania. for me. Um, Sorry it's being held in such a hot room <laughs> on quite a warm day, but it's been great to have you on and I'm sure we will chat to you again very soon. Yes, thank you.